often overlooked, I think, from a web perspective, it's the simplicity on the homepage of the website with a clear call to action. You know, I see a lot of websites out there. It's like, I don't even know what I'm looking at. I don't even know what services they offer. Keeping it very simple and having a call to action. Like, if you're looking to generate a leader opportunity, what's the best way that that individual can contact you? Is it by phone? Do you prefer an email? What does that look like? And that's making that a reality on the homepage of the website. But the other thing is, I tell people, so I'm blue in the face, is Google reviews are so important. So there's a lot of widgets out there that you can go out to scour to get you know your customers to leave you good, positive Google reviews. Like I can't say that enough. Welcome to the Home Service Expert, where each week, Tommy chats with world-class entrepreneurs and experts in various fields like marketing, sales, hiring, and leadership to find out what's really behind their success in business. Now, your host, the Home Service Millionaire, Tommy Mello. Welcome back to the Home Service Expert. I'm Tommy. Today, I have Wesley Matthews with us. He's an expert in digital marketing, branding, leadership, business management, customer satisfaction. Wesley Matthews co-founded High Level Marketing in 2009, and it has quickly become one of the fastest growing web marketing firms in Michigan with revenues over $6.5 million. High Level Marketing is a nationwide full-service digital marketing company. It is a company proud of being entrepreneurial in spirit as well as focused on providing exceptional service to his clients. High-level marketing has been featured on Inc. 5000 list three different times, 2016, 2018, and 2019. Wesley, pleasure to have you here. Thanks, Tommy. Appreciate it. Let's talk a little bit about high-level marketing and uh, what your role is there and what you guys do. Yeah, for sure. So I founded high-level marketing back in 2009. Probably about a three-year ramp up to that, right? Kind of got involved in digital marketing in 2006, but uh, took on my partner in 2009 under the name High Level Marketing. So the idea was simple. Uh, wanted to work with entrepreneurial-run companies. And oh, I think I was like 25 at the time. So I was like, what will people take me serious at 25? Technology, websites. I mean, websites and SEO was just starting to kind of come about in 2006, 2007. Yep. So, you know, just having the unique opportunity, like what could I do that could impact every business, love entrepreneurs, love small businesses, and, you know, was able to figure out a way to add a lot of value. So at the time and still today, my idea was if you're a small business, like let's say you're a plumber in West Bloomfield, right? Like, where do you go for a good website, good marketing? And at the time it was like, you know, everybody's like yellow pages. I mean, there wasn't a good solution. And even today, I'd argue that there's still not a lot of great solutions out there. So yeah, just uh, launched that company in 09. I actually merged that company last year with another digital marketing company out of Alabama. So 2020, when COVID hit, we had about 50 employees. We've since merged and we have about 120 employees today, you know, nationwide. But we really specialize and work with home service companies. Uh, we love home service companies because we're able to provide a lot of value, provide a lot of ROI and a lot of leads for the home services industry. I'm about marketing and sales. Those are like the two big things. And I'm obsessed right now. A1's in 29 markets now. We're in 18 states. And everything from LSA to GMB to PPC to organic search. I'm obsessed with it. We're getting ready to turn on chat. It's an interesting topic because chat on the LSA side will get you about 20% more leads at half the cost. So the chat on LSA is actually half the price for the chat. And if it's not a real lead, you go into the, the council and you just kind of say it wasn't a lead and they'll refund the money. These are important things. I think home service companies, and I'm just speaking about what I'm going through right now, 
we're doing really, really good. I mean, we're going to, with our acquisitions, we'll do 200 million this year. And the one thing that I find a hard thing to do is we don't do form fills well enough. Form fills is a big thing. And that's coming from everything from your online chat. So you've got the little floating bar. Mm-hmm. We don't do enough of the getting back to Yelp and Home Advisor leads right away. There's Angie. There's things like automated sequences for capacity planning to your old customers. There's so many things. Email marketing. I feel like a lot of home service companies have not caught that yet. And they, they don't know anything about text marketing. Let's talk about some stuff real quick. So where would you say the core revenue is of your business? Is it pay-per-click? No, it's actually organic. So organic optimization is where the bulk of our revenues. Okay. I love to talk about organic because not a lot of people still do organic. And I still think it's the most important. You know, I, I'm a contributor to Inc. And then I've done a few things for Forbes and uh, I've done quite a bit for Huffington Post. But ultimately, those links are no follow, but they still count. People always ask me, what are the main things for SEO? And here's my quickest answer is I have a beautiful site with a great site map. I feel like there's some online stuff they forget about. With, and then you got to have great content and great link building. But the simple things like their meta tags and the schema data, I very rarely meet an SEO company that's actually working on the schema data to actually show the five stars in the search. But what would you say is the most important things when it comes to SEO that most home service business owners maybe haven't thought of or are looking at? Why is SEO still important? It's number 28 now on the search engine. Right. <laughs> Yeah, no, you answered a decent bulk of it, actually. But I mean, I think the one thing that I would highlight is our reviews, actually. So, you know, really that home service company really charging to get as many Google reviews as possible. That's a big indicator with the success, you know, from an SEO perspective. But oftentimes I get asked a lot, like, in addition to what we're doing for an organization, like, what else can we do? It's pushing new relevant content out there. And we provide a structure, like a recipe card, if you will, to a company, like, how to structure proper content, page structure, and how to push that content out at a right tempo that's going to continue to kind of grow and build that website. So you actually nailed it out of the park. I mean, we actually invested and built our own proprietary technology that launches websites off our platform because of the structure and how we build websites, that there's a huge advantage of just the overall infrastructure. I kind of use a simple analogy around you know shopping for homes with my wife, right? Like if you look at a home and you're like, wow, this home's beautiful, beautiful windows and landscape, everything looks great. But if you walk in and the foundation's ready to collapse, it's not going to do you any good, right, to invest in that home. So we make sure that at the foundational level, all those things are sound and tight. I mean, right now, it's like if you have a WordPress website, there's a lot of vulnerabilities or a lot of things that developers don't do right or shortcut. You know, we just take a different approach and just make sure that infrastructure sounds. So number one, as a home service company, you know, how do you do that? Just make sure you're working with the right company that has great reviews and success. I mean, hold their feet to the fire and say, show me a home service company you worked with 24 months ago and where they were prior to and where they're at today and make them walk you through the success. I mean, I web and digital, it's really not reinventing the wheel. It's just looking at your competition. I mean, this is really how a lot of competition will contact us on websites we've done and say, hey, we found XYZ company. They're everywhere. They're ranked everywhere for all these keywords every time we search. Can you do that for us? So it's just infrastructure, Content's really important. But again, as a typical home services, they're not interested in developing content, right? They're doing the home services job themselves, which is fine. It just depends on the size and the scale of the organization. But 
you know, just make sure you work with the right company that can prove and drive the results and clearly define ROI. What are we spending money on? What are we getting? What is this doing? You know, we're bringing on a full-time content manager. And part of my play is we've got 500 some odd employees. Is you find that the 10 that are really, really great, there's a lot more than 10, but you find 10 that love doing webinars and they love doing podcasts. And then you find another 10 that don't mind setting up a before they install a garage door, they time lapse it. And it's a beautiful before and after. Anything you can do to automate content. So my idea of a content planner is sure interviews and this and this and lining everything up and coming up with a strategy. But more importantly, my brain goes to how do I build this into where I've always got amazing content with before and after videos, everything these days with TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Facebook going straight video now, most of it, being able to continue to produce amazing content. And right now I've got four full-time video guys, but I'm like, I don't want any more. I want to start automating this and then having a couple VAs doing the editing in the background once they get good. But I just think it's, it's so important. I don't think four is too many because I'm on stage a lot and I got a guy that follows me around. But at what point do you invest in a content plan and a manager? I mean, all the guys that I talk to, you know, most of the people listening, they got companies of at least 10 employees. Yeah, I think it's a tough question, right? I think you seem to understand, you know, the digital marketing realm and what's important more so than most general home service businesses, right? If you got 10 employees, you're not probably focused on the digital marketing per se. You either have somebody internally who's working or the conduit between that individual and the company. So regardless of what it is, whether it's digital marketing or adding a new service or a new product, just start with the end in mind, like define success in your mind. And then how do you want to get there, right? Is it investing X to get Y, right? Because if you can drive your lead cost down as a plumber or garage door, like whatever that business is, and figure out that arithmetic in terms of, hey, every time I hand over a $20 bill, I get a good quality lead that has a lead score of seven out of 10 in the business criteria. How much of that can we do? And then how do you backfill that? So I think that to your point of, you know, do you do that internally or do you source that out? I think that's just a question that the owner has to figure out themselves. I mean, in my experience, most home services want nothing to do with this aspect of the business. They want to turn the keys over to somebody else and just drive success. And we manage the KPIs for that business and sort of like we're an extension of their team, just, you know, high level marketing as a partner, because they're wary about you bring in marketing people as a home service company. Now you're managing content individuals and like a whole nother, essentially a business, right? Like it's a completely different business than what the plumbers are used to, HVAC, whatever that is. So that's where we really fill the gap and, you know, really help home service companies understand ROI and lead cost and what that looks like and really make it very simple. You know, I can walk into any business and go over a few specific KPIs and tell you more than their financials could tell them. I say, how much are you going to do this year? Let's go through some stuff here. Let's see your average ticket, your conversion rate, your booking rate, and your cost per acquisition. I will find holes because of a- attribution. They're horrible at attribution. They really don't. Jim just told me the other day we have over 5,000 call tracking numbers. Now, from an analytical standpoint, I'm really good because every single Valpac out of 10,000 homes, we use a different number. This all sounds good and great, but a guy like Roy Williams, the wizard of ads, says your brand like he does 1-800-GOT-JUNK, right? That's his biggest client, one of his larger clients. He does a lot of jewelry companies. But you look at these companies and he said, get an easy phone number that people can remember and stick to it and forget about attribution. 
And that's impossible for a guy like me. I'm like, they call local numbers. I don't know about you. I would call a junk company if it was 1-800, but I'm not calling my local garage door air conditioning company. I don't want to call an 800 number. No. And so the, one of the founders, Vahe Inara, one day I was talking to Vahe and he goes, we found with our data that local numbers do way better than 800 numbers or 900 or 844, whatever it is. So I switched all my 84481 garage numbers to local numbers and put a call tracking number for our wrap on there. And they, they did a lot better. What is your thought on that? And just attribution versus the, this big brand. Yeah. Because once no. I got my stuff rewrapped and we came up with a really good brand that everything kind of sticks together and looks the same. My stickers look like my billboard look like my website. Everything kind of blends together with the wraps. It changed. So I see Roy's point of view, but what, what's your thought process local versus not in it's a couple of questions in one. Yeah, no, for sure. So, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge fan of local, right? Like right now, you know, we were talking earlier, I'm in Northville, Michigan. I mean, when I see a 248 number come across my desk or my phone, that's home, right? Like that's a local business. So I'm with you in terms of, you know, depending on the size and the scale of the business, if they're in different markets, totally getting a local number in that area because it gives it that small local feel. And I think also too, yeah, from a call tracking perspective, I'm all about tracking anything and everything especially different media campaigns, whether we're running different ads for different services in different areas, just because you produce great results in Northville, Michigan, doesn't necessarily mean you're going to produce the same result in Wichita, Kansas, right? There's different ads and different things that you have to do. I like the idea of keeping the brand consistent, but then, you know, for different local markets, there is just a different culture. So I'm all about local. I mean, to me, local is everything. I mean, that's really where we started is just, you know, helping promote local businesses. Because I mean, for the most part, if you're a local business in like Northville, Michigan, you're only going about 30 mile radius. If you're a small business, you're only going to go about 30 miles from within your brick and mortar. So that I think it's super important to capitalize on that. Yeah, I think, you know, there's a couple areas that I see people not doing much on. If you guys search A1 Garage or Service, you'll see on the right column, all my GMBs have a huge amount of product pages. So the products are what people are searching that you could add the product pages to the GMB. What we're getting ready to do next, because I'm a just, I attack Google. That's what I do. Google is God when it comes to home service. So we're going Spanish with our whole website. We're literally 70% of the way through. We've got, we're literally rewriting it in perfect Spanish. Like we've got a fluente, <laughs> we got a fluent Spanish speaker. And so the Spanish speaker She's writing all the content. It's taken months and months and months because we want it real written. Yeah. We want it to be different and unique. We don't want any copies. So we run it through all those different tools. Uh, I forget the one we used to use, but it basically makes sure there's nothing repeated at all. And there's AI tools out there. And I don't think it does Spanish yet. You know, these AI tools, English language is catching up to them so quick. Like Google's building all this stuff around English. But I heard there's a lot of opportunities to kill it in other countries still <laughs> with some of the older algorithm things we used to do. You know, and I thought it was a good thing to do. It all, you know, it wasn't like this illegal thing, but right. ultimately going Spanish, what do you think about that? What, what do you think that's a huge opportunity based on everything? Or I guess it's where you're at in your company if, if you feel like you've attacked the market in the English speaking realm. But it, 40% of Arizona is Hispanic, you know? So yeah, Hispanic. for sure. I, you know, I think to your point earlier, right? I mean, I, Depends on, you know, from an organic SEO standpoint, from a paid standpoint, like I think that if you can make that capital investment, I think it's very smart. 
again, I think the size, it depends on the size and the scale of the company. Because in my experience, you know, if, if a company's doing less than, you know, if it's 250 to 3 million, they're probably not going to want to invest in that because they're not going to get a quick return. I mean, a lot of the home service companies that are zero to 10 employees, they want to invest in the lowest hanging fruit, which is get me ranked for my services, drive leads. We can get them ranked very high and turn leads from an SEM perspective, getting them ranked on Google right away versus I think we kind of feed into the long, the longer tail strategies of, you know, expanding the website. You know, a lot of what we're doing right now, a lot of home service guys are like, I can't find anybody. Like, I don't even need more business, right? Like we can't find employees. So I'm trying to educate them on, you know, building out great career pages on their website, you know, really invest in that content and infrastructure and video. Like, what does it look like to work for your organization? Like put a video to it, put really great content to it. And maybe you'll start to attract great employees looking that they want to apply and be part of your company. You know what? I got somebody I'm going to introduce you to because hiring is really the battle. And when I look at hiring, there's three things I'm working on. This is under my marketing hat. Acquisitions, finding clients, and finding my internal clients. All three are very, very important. In fact, I beg to say that finding my employees is more important than finding customers because with great employees come great customers. These guys are getting self-generated leads. They're getting five-star reviews. They're not complaining on the weekends when they have to work. They're good drivers. They don't smoke cigarettes in front of customers. So the reviews are generated. When you ask them to do something, they do it. Sometimes they like to do competitions, but I think what got you here doesn't get you here. Right. And unfortunately, the markets have changed and they're very, very pro-employee right now. And I'm not saying, unfortunately, for some companies, it's unfortunate because now you got to watch how you're treating your employees. We've got a $1,500 referral program. We've got a dream manager that helps people figure out their dreams and accomplish them. We've got, what's his name? Um, The finance guy that we subscribe to. Ramsey. Dave Ramsey that everybody goes through. We have at least one big outing once a quarter that we've been working a lot to make that happen. A lot more things we could be doing. But I think the biggest thing is communicating with the employees and getting the word out there. And who better to get it out there than your employees? Right. I will say it's great to be on Indeed and Career Builder and Monster and Zip Recruiter. They're all, in my opinion, the unemployed hangout. You know where people hang out that want to hang out? On TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, some of them LinkedIn. That's where you find them. And that's where they spend the large part of their day. I mean, look, yep. a lot of people are on their phones, at least on social media for 30, 40 minutes a day. Some of them a couple hours. So you got to figure out where your avatars are. I know my avatars for customers are on Google. Yep. But here's what I found. When my trucks start taking over an area and they see my billboards and they, they, my billboards don't have phone numbers on them. You can only read six words on a billboard. I see some companies that have every damn thing they do. There's only a few words on my billboards. It's all branding. And here's what I figured out from Ken Goodrich, the owner of Gettle. He came in right here, did a podcast with me, and he said, when I started spending, and he spends a fortune on radio and a lot on billboards, he said, my organic shot through the roof. People started searching for my company versus HVAC repair or air conditioning broken. So he figured out that putting the money into branding was a long-term six-month to nine-month play where he's seen an ROI. 
But what he found was the customers, the conversion rate went through the roof because they weren't searching for another company. They right. wanted him. Then the ticket average went through the roof because they said, you're the only company we call. Right. So what do you think about that? Because it's a scary move to go spend millions of dollars in the next six months to a year and then expect the phones to start ringing off the hook for your company. What if you have real bad commercials? What if they're not, right. you know, they didn't catch, what if the messaging wasn't right? So what is your thought on that whole concept? Yeah, so I, I'm into it. So I have a good friend, you know, he's in construction, he's in a different country and he was running into challenges because his company is about 10 million in revenue. Every other company is like the big giant behemoth in the industry, right? So he's trying to compete and gain gain employees into his organization. He's like, how do I do this? So he went with the approach of winning awards So putting on a billboard, like best place to work, like take care of our employees. Yeah. That was his strategy. They did 150 million within two years. And I'm not saying it's just because of that reason, but I think to your point of like, you take care of your employees and they take care of your customers. I love the strategy of like showing how great of an organization we are. How do we attract employees, right? Let's say it's roofing, construction or whatever. If you're winning awards for, you know, you treat employees the best or you have the best, like to me, like those are the best strategies that even in a downturn or recession that are going to stand out, right? I think now's the time to double down, try different things because your competition's not, they're not, you know, everybody's freaked out. They don't want to spend money. But again, I think to your point of if you can attract the right employees and encourage them and guide them and grow them, in turn, they're going to grow your client base and give you great ideas. So I'm all about that. I'll tell you something, and I want to go off a, on a different angle for a minute. When people are getting scared, it's kind of like the stock market. When everybody's selling, it's time to buy. And when everybody's slowing down on marketing and not doing these hiring events and not going after it, it's time to double down. Yep. And every single time I see people fear, living out of fear is when I know I need to start getting ready to fire on all cylinders. It's yep. when I say it's go time. I double down because all of a sudden the marketing gets way cheaper. The PPC comes down dramatically. The organic, it's easier to build because they got out of SEO. They stopped getting consistent reviews because their employees aren't happy They're running too many jobs and not enough money. So we're headed into this, you know, I guess it's a technical recession after two negative quarters of GDP. My question is, what do you say? What do you think is going to happen here in the next year? Where do you see the market going? Because you do a lot of home service. Are you seeing the search volume go down? What are you seeing? Yeah, I mean, I, I see from our customer perspective, you know, our customers aren't freaked out. I mean, I think they all see the long game. You know, again, we approach SEO and paid like most of our customers are spending a thousand to ten thousand dollars a month. So it's a safe play. They they can see the long term investment and they know that there's value and there's leads coming in from these channels. I mean, I think the benefit where I sit is the other mediums and things that home service companies invest in, they typically can't gauge or they don't really know what they're getting. I mean, we'll obviously try to help them. Like you mentioned, Valpac, other things. Like, you know, we try to work with them as much as we can to really help identify what's working and not working. But, you know, I think it's it's an interesting time. But yeah, I mean, I think doubling down and, and a lot of our customers right now are expanding and spending a lot of months, spending a lot of new dollars in new areas that they haven't thought of. And I think it's because we've been able to show success and progress. So, yeah, I mean, I think that you're naturally going to have your companies that are a little bit freaked out. They're going to stop spending money, but then you're going to get the ones that double down that really see the opportunity. They're going to be able to capitalize. 
So yeah, we probably have about an 80, 20, I would say 80% of our clients are really like, they've been through this before they can kind of see it and they know the value. So they don't jump ship. And they know that it's time to you know, batten down the hatch and, and start investing some real dollars to expand, to take advantage of it. So. Yeah. You know, I never heard of a billionaire that said I didn't make the money in a bad economy. I mean, yeah. it's true. I mean, these people get rich and wealthy because they learn to take chances in a depressed market where everybody else is literally, they can't hit the gas. They're like, they get so small. I say there's a few things you need to do. If you feel like you're going into a bad economy, you start trimming the fat right away. You start looking at every employee, you give them a scale one to 10 and are they income producing? Can you live without them? First and all, trim fat. Secondly, you could only focus on a few stats, your cost per acquisition, your booking rate, your average ticket and your conversion rate. Build better follow-up sequences. Do things differently, like go after the PR that you were talking about. We just won best places to work. That's a big one. I'm working on the BBB Ethics Award would be huge. I love things that anything we can get our hands on, and then we take it, like, let's just say one out of 100, this press release is a, is a 12. I'm going to amp that thing up to 100. I'm going to put money behind it, put an ad out there, put some Facebook dollars behind it, do some sponsored ads. And then I'm going to test a few things because you could take that one article that came out and get it on your website and then post it in 10 other spots and then have video marketing and then run it through some other tools to really make that thing pop. And you could do an email blast to yep. say, hey, guys, we're really excited. You know, I've got 600,000 people in my database. Why not let them know? You know, and we've got this hiring event on um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday of this week. And we are emailing 350,000 people twice about this event to let us know if you know anybody. And I'm actually going to make a video on the next one. But yeah. it's pretty cool because I just think you're hitting the, the nail on the head when you said the people are like, they can't take any more leads. So, of course, SEO, PPC, all that stuff goes out the window. I'm already working the shit out of my guys. I can't keep up with it. Right. Now, now you're at a catch-22. Like, if you don't build a machine to get customers and a machine to get the internal customers, which are the employees, you haven't figured it out yet. And it's not a bad thing. We've all started somewhere. I'm not saying you're a bad businessman if you haven't figured it out or woman. I'm just saying that for the most part, you got to be able to have spigots you could turn on and off. But I, the employee one is the one I'll always leave running a little bit. You never right. just turn that off. I think that's the what's most unique about this time is in the last 15 years being in this space, this has never been a problem. In my experience working with home services. And now it's a glaring problem. And Nobody really know. Everybody's sort of like they're paralyzed. They don't know what to do. So, I mean, just that simple like, hey, build out a page on your website, start to market that, start to appeal to employee opportunities. It's just a different way to think. And I think the the home service type businesses that are thinking about this stuff, I mean, you know it better than I do. I mean, you got Service Titan, House Call Pro, you've got Pipe Drive. You have a lot of these pieces of technology. And I just encourage all home services just to learn as much as they can and Look, if you have the means and the chops to hire it internally and you feel comfortable and confident with that, great. Otherwise, just do the best due diligence and hook up with the right agency that can really kind of help you start with the end in mind and show you how you, they're going to hit your goals by working backwards and what you know where the investments are going to go and go from there. You know, I built a separate site called Work for A1 for A1 Garage Door Service. That's where we send everybody instead of the main site. But I'm going to get it a lot more pronounced for employees on here. We took a WordPress site. It took about two years to transfer it because 
the website was so strong. I think our domain authority was 64 when we transferred. And 64, the biggest company I know, you don't see a lot of people with 10,000 links. And there a lot of them are authority links. We've worked really hard. One of my strategies, I want to run this by you. I think it's cool. Actually, I need to get back to my neighbor's kid. Actually, his nephew. He wants money for his football league, right? So my pitch to them is, here's the deal. I'll give you $500 for your football equipment. I want to make a video with you and your dad, and I'll have an A1 guy. But we're just going to be throwing the football with our A1 shirt and say, we love defending the high school football league. We love contributing to it. And we think you should too. But here's the deal. It's going to be all about the football. Nothing to do with A1. Just A1 loves giving to this cog. It's not about A1. We're not trying to talk about garages whatsoever. Just A1 garage service loves giving. And here's right at the end, we say anything you buy through A1 garage service, we're going to give you 8% check per month. You can see where you're at in the system. Service Titan sends one out each week. So if you guys want to contribute, here's a QR code. It goes to schedule engine. You schedule right through our system. We run a report. We pay you the day we collect the cash. And number one, I'm on their home screen, hopefully getting a link. And I'd like it to be somewhere else because they're going to take it off their homepage eventually. So I'm getting a link. I'm getting in front of people. I'm donating towards a great cause. And then I want a banner ad printed out too with a QR code at each game. And the deal is, is nobody asks for this stuff. I'm the first one, I think, in the human history to say, will you do this for me if I do this for you? And by the way, you might make an extra 10 grand. As long as I use the QR code, you're going to make a lot of extra money. And for me, if I got a kid in high school, I don't have any kids. I want kids. But if I got a kid in high school, I'm going to buy a garage store because I need one. And I'm going to buy it through them because I know they're giving back. Well, it's funny you say that because I have four kids, all boys. And three of them play tackle football. And I just had to buy these booklets. Like you have to go out and sell them or the parents just have to buy them. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just had to buy them, right? So no, I love that concept. I mean, you're definitely thinking out of the box. I mean, I wish more home services, again, I think it's a capacity thing, right? A lot of home services aren't exposed to marketing. They don't really know. But I mean, thinking out of the box like that, that kind of takes it to the next level, right? Because SEO, web's only going to take you and your business so far. It's those other forms of marketing and like what you're talking about, like that's perfect TikTok material, Instagram material, Facebook material. So that's great. You're thinking like that. And I wish more home services had more exposure to those types of ideas because those are great on the fly ideas. That Those are game changers. They're good if they're implemented. They don't do very well yeah. when they're not. What I found is I like specialists. You know, I tell people all the time, I think Henry Ford had a really good idea called the assembly line. And it might have had four people when it started. And then he goes, wait, this job's taking up really long and they got to do four things. Let's make this four other jobs. I'm guessing that the assembly line was really small. Then he got it to like 50 people. I mean, now. So let me ask you this. What are some low hanging fruits that in marketing the business owners often overlook? Often overlooked, I think from a web perspective, it's the simplicity on the homepage of the website with a clear call to action. You know, I see a lot of websites out there. It's like, I don't even know what I'm looking at. I don't even know what services they offer. Keeping it very simple and having a call to action. Like if you're looking to generate a leader opportunity, what's the best way that that individual can contact you? Is it by phone? Do you prefer an email? What does that look like? And that's making that a reality on the homepage of the website. But the other thing is I tell people, so I'm blue in the face is Google reviews are so important. So there's a lot of widgets out there that you can go out 
to scour to get you know your customers to leave you good positive Google reviews. Like I can't say that enough. I mean, right now, I mean, look, I've, I've used Amazon for years, but I mean, my, my default setting is four stars or better. Like I don't even want to look at the product unless it's four stars or better by peers. Right. Same thing on the business side. I mean, if if there's five roofing companies and one has you know two thousand five star positive reviews and this one has thirteen and it's three and a half, that's huge. And a lot of people don't think about just the ongoing work and you know just a little bit of work that goes in day to day to get reviews that eventually you just have a ton of reviews that add so much value. I mean, I've actually worked with companies. I had my basement finished and you know I actually had three objections when I hired a basement remodeling company, and one was. I've got four young kids at home and I don't want contractors coming into my house. Like they got to come in through my garage and then go to my basement. My experience with contractors, you had mentioned smoking on the phone, loud. I don't want to live with contractors for three months. So like that was my biggest objection talking to this company. Long story short, they finished my basement. It was an amazing process. And I communicated that on Google reviews. I left them a five-star Google review. And I like literally laid it out like, hey, like I live in Northville. These were my objections. This is how they overcame them. I got a call from the CEO. I forget how much time later. He's like, dude, I can't thank you enough. You don't realize how many people actually like read your review. And you basically, not, not like I sold their job, but they were like, you said your objections in the Google review that everybody has that they're scared to say. But I was like, look, you guys did a fantastic job. I'm happy to leave it. But reading reviews from other people that have used your service, you can't put a value to that. So I think you have to go all in on that. You constantly have to put, whether it's incentive to this team, just to have a KPI, just to like request that customers are doing it. But a lot of companies, in my opinion, like they don't even think about it. They're like, well, you know, we get reviews sometimes, sometimes we don't, or they're not responding to negative reviews or they respond poorly to those negative reviews, which is actually worse, worse off. Yeah. You got to filter those one stars and read what the owner's response is. For me, when I was smaller, I used to have an opportunity to be able to kick people's asses. Cause now if I'm a small company, I'm going, listen, sir, I'll tell you what, I don't have a lot of employees. I'm able to do this at a better cost, but in return, what I'm looking for, Wesley, is if I do a great job, I'm going to ask for a big favor here. But if I kick butt, like I say, I'm going to do I'd like you to check me out on Google, Yelp, Nextdoor, and Facebook. And the Facebook, I'd like to get a quick video with you. And I know this is a time commitment, and that's why I'm able to negotiate with you on the price because your time's worth something. And I'm going to ask for all four of those, and you're damn right I'm going to follow up and get them right then and there because now it's a game changer. When you write a review, you should ask your employees to write a detailed review. I was calling for garage door repair, the number one keyword in my industry, in my city. I met the name of the guy. If my guy's name's not in it, I don't give him attribution. I say, I always get your names in it. Yep. So once you start to really understand, and I love that because here's what I do. I've taught my guys how to get reviews, but I've not gone into some of the things I was worried about. Now, you're not worried about a garage guy as much as you're worried about a three-month, you know, you're remodeling your basement. So, but I still think people are a little apprehensive. And people say to me, you know, you guys are a lot more expensive. And one of the things I've learned to say is, would you trust me more if it was cheaper? <laughs> yeah, right. But also, did you know where we were? Do you know that we have a drug test background check person in your home? One of the things that we do is we care about your warranty. When you need us, we'll be there on Christmas, New Year's Eve. Every Sunday, we're open. If you want it done right, right. we're not going to be the cheapest parts. And we get out there. We've got brand new trucks with insurance on them that are wrapped. Literally, our trucks 
I got $15,000 setups on each of them. They're set up for winning. They're set up to be able to handle jobs and get it done there. And we offer financing. Not a lot of companies offer financing. These things matter. But here's what I found out, Wesley, is a real business means I could go out of town for a month, 30 days, and not have to look at my CRM, not have to look and know it'll be intact when I get back. No, things will still be running smoothly. Because if you don't have the infrastructure for that, don't brag about your cheap prices. Don't brag to people that you're less expensive because you don't even have a business. You own a job. So don't ever brag of that you could beat my prices if you can't leave town for a month and make sure everything's running daily on a Sunday, answering calls, dispatching properly, training new guys, doing background checks, doing all the stuff that we do here because we have a lot of infrastructure. And I hate it when people brag about how cheap they are. You could be fast at the time they want. You could have a great product or you could be the cheapest. Pick two out of the three. You'll never be all three. Right. I can't stand that shit. <laughs> yeah, I think the big one too now is just showing up, right? I mean, having somebody show up on time and, and do the job. And I love that because my guys only run three to four jobs a day. Yeah. I can't handle working a guy eight jobs a day and then getting mad when he wants some time off. I, yeah. I just, I don't think it's fair. And a lot of people say, I can't find good people. And I say, where are you looking? Well, I got an ad on Craigslist. Well, you're going to have to go out every time you, from now on, guys, when you're getting a haircut, you're looking for CSRs. When you meet a customer, you're talking to them about we're hiring. When you're at a restaurant, you're talking to the busboy, the servers, the bartenders. From now on, everywhere you go, you're looking for a better experience. Every time you give your, your internal customers, your employees, pizza. That should be going on Facebook. You should have all of them go live for five minutes and talk about how come work. If you're looking for a job, come to me. There's so many opportunities, but you got to think about it. You got to have a plan. And if you don't have a plan, it's not going to fall in your lap. You, you got you got to have a go-to here. People are like, you know, I don't know how you do it all. And I'll tell you why. It's because we have A-plus employees. But they give a crap. And we were able to get more and more of them. The more we get, the more A-players they recruit. Right. For sure. So I'm obsessed with my CRMs, you know, there's a lot of great ones out there. I was the first crosser company on service day and I begged for that. <laughs> and I think a CRM is, is one of the most powerful tools you should have. But I also know my conversion rate, my average tickets. I know per market, I know my acquisition costs per market, per phone number. It's almost too much data, but I love it. What are your thoughts on a CRM and what have you seen success with in the past? Yeah, CRM. I mean, I think my go-to now that I've seen successful, and again, it just depends on the size and scale of the organization, but House Call Pro is kind of a force to be reckoned with. That's a pretty good solution. I, I'm not sure on the cost of service Titan now. I mean, we use Salesforce. I'm a big Salesforce fan because we do a lot of our own integration and customize it around our needs. But yeah, I mean, I think House Call Pro, a pipe drive from a, just a basic CRM from like a you know, a prospect to customer. Um, and there's also like a really great company on the back end that really only works with agencies, but the company's called Go High Level. Yeah, I use Go High Level. Yeah, so you know Go High Level, right? So we're high level marketing, they're Go High Level. We have no affiliation. I actually talked to the CEO last month because some of our customers got the wires crossed, but we bring the horse to water. Like once that horse drinks, that's where Go High Level picks up. I mean, the automation and what that technology allows people to do is unbelievable. So like that technology, there's about a hundred different things that you can turn on with that technology. So having a house call pro linked in with go high level, you know, you had mentioned like having internal infrastructure, like you could hire a 
an intern or an admin or somebody to go in and kind of set up your sequences, whether it's through email, through texting, through all of your Yext, Yelp. I mean, you name it, this is out of the box. So for me, it's just getting comfortable for home services. Like I know a lot of guys that are like, this is my CRM. It's this thing right here, the eight and a half by 11 yellow pad. And they're like writing calls down. So just to get them into a system to start, you know, actually collecting data versus writing it down on this is huge. So I think once you can get over that hump, yeah, I mean, pipe drives, a great one. Zoho is a great one. Salesforce is a little pricey and you need some technical chops to get it going. But yeah, house call pro out of the box. I mean, that's a freaking great end to end solution. Pretty amazing to be honest. Yeah. I've spoken at a couple of their events. I know one of the owners there's five owners go high level. I use for garage door freedom. And it's crazy because <laughs> I like go high level because they got the LMS to build in the background now that I could kind of have my videos and everything and it's organized. And uh, my buddies are all part of seven figure agency. So learn a lot about that through them. But other than Salesforce, I think if you had to pick a second winner, I'd say it's HubSpot. Yeah, HubSpot. And I think it does a little bit more, but for the cost price point, you can't beat go high level. I mean, it's it's crazy. But I still think there's some cool things that we're able to build into it. What I love about HubSpot is I interviewed um, Marcus Sheridan, and he started talking about HubSpot. And he said, what I love about HubSpot is I give people a buyer's guide. And I send it to their phone, and it's got tracker, right? It's a cookie, basically. And so it's a link that's tracked and it'll tell you everything, how many times they were on the page, how long they spent on the page, what they clicked on, what they played, how long they played it. And he goes, he sells pools and they're out, they're booked out for two years. And he said, the buyer's guide is so amazing. And here's why. He said, when clients spent more than 20 minutes on the buyer's guide, the conversion rate went over 80%. So I got this book called The Visual Sale. It was his second book. And here's what he asks clients to do. Okay, so Mr. Wesley, I know it's important to you that when we meet to discuss your garage doors that we don't waste any of your time. Not only that, I'm sure it's safe to say that you don't want any of the mistakes that come along the way. As to ensure you don't make any of the common mistakes we see buyers make, we've created a video that addresses the top seven questions and concerns people just like you have when making this type of decision. By watching this video or looking at our buyer's guide, you could do either one. You'll save time, money, and eliminate the stress of potential buying mistakes. Plus, our time together will be dramatically more productive and effective. Will you take the time to watch this video before our meeting on Friday? And now you're waiting for the response after you text it out and say, yes, I'm going to check it out. But what's awesome is what if Wesley, listen to this. What if Wesley goes, I know I'm speaking to you in the third person, but what if you go to the most expensive garage doors, all wood overlay, and you spent three hours researching the different types of wood. You think I should bring some wood samples out? You think I should be like, I'll know, but what if you go to builder grade, most economical door? It's still good. It's still a sell. We love it, but it's just a different type of sell. Right. And so you're getting, not only is your conversion rate higher, you're educating the clients, you're making your time more valuable, but you're also more prepared. So the reason why I know I went off on a tangent, but HubSpot allows you to do a yeah. lot of stuff to see where people go, what they do, what went along the way. And it, it's very cumbersome, but Salesforce is 10 times harder. Yeah, t- Salesforce is a monster. And I, I think you're onto it, right? I mean, I, again, I I stress like if home service guys would think like you and think out of the box and like 
think about lead magnets or giving something away on white paper or you know like set up the tracking is is really important like youtube is a great commodity out there right that anybody can view i mean even using a simple video off your phone to your point of like talking to an active customer like that stuff goes a long way I, and i think the fear factor of home services is just taking that first step and actually doing it but the ones that are doing it there it's a big differentiating factor that's for sure i got a question for you so i know a lot of home service companies i've been to a- so many home service companies. Every $500 million shop in the country, HVAC, I've been to. There's not one guy in HVAC that I don't know, pretty for the most part. And we're talking big, big bucks here. And what I had to do was study HVAC to make Raj doors more like HVAC. I had 20 guys upstairs and I said, guys, can you guys afford to do a billboard? Can you afford new vans? Can you afford to buy your guys tools? Can you afford two months of training? I go, why is it that the HVAC guys, why do they have a hundred million in the bank? You know why they took on a PE for, why is it that Rogers can't be like this? And they said, oh, we can't charge those prices. I said, why does the plumbers get to do it? Why do the concrete guys that redo the concrete and that redo the basements? Say, this is BS. You guys got to start. So we started up in the, the business and it was a diamond in the rough, this industry. I got lucky. I happen to learn a lot from other industries and a lot of books and applied them. And we're bringing, with the help of a lot of great people, bringing the industry up. And we're starting to make some really good money. Do you see any other industries? Because you got, I don't know how many clients you have, but I'm guessing with 100, with 100 employees, you guys got to be pushing several hundred clients. Yeah, I mean, we got about 2,100 active monthly clients. Wow. That's yeah. a big number. Yeah. Do you see any industries that you're like, that this industry had? the framework, the CRM? Do you see anything that just feels like it's in the 60s still or even the 80s? Nothing jumps off my head, honestly. I I don't want to say we're late to the party, right? But I think that home services companies are, they've sort of been down the marketing path. They sort of thought of ideas. So a lot of them are starting to jump on social media and do things that normally was probably pretty taboo earlier on. I mean, I'll tell you, I think... Window washing and power washings are good ones. You know, I think the roofing has not done a great job of consolidating yet, like HVAC has. I think that gutter companies have an opportunity out there like nothing before. The problem that I'm seeing with most of these companies is they could kill it in their own market. They do so well. They're, they're members of the church. They join a BNI group, they're yeah. part of the, the township meetings, but they don't know how to build a successful second, really big, you know, company. And I'm in Phoenix. We're going to do 40 million this year. And Phoenix in my next best market is going to do eight. <laughs> so I'm yeah. the living proof that it's hard to do a big company in another area. But I guess I haven't seen consolidation in a lot of these other industries. Yeah, I think for me, like what excites me about our business and business in general is, is reoccurring revenue. So I would just challenge any home service company that isn't service thinking about reoccurring revenue, like whether it's maintenance programs or even like let's use a carpet cleaning company, for example. Most manufacturers of carpets say you need your carpets cleaned twice a year. Who gets their carpets cleaned twice a year? Like, it's not something that you're like thinking about. You know, it's something that if you kind of set that up on a reoccurring revenue basis and that kind of model, like, I think home services has a real opportunity to convert to that model. Cause again, you know, making that initial sale is difficult, right? But once you get that customer on, you're doing a good work, like, you don't have to resell every single time and you just kind of, you know, have that reoccurring cash flow coming in. So it's a way to scale revenue and think of things a little bit differently. So, also think too, like, you know, potentially partnerships with other like-minded home service companies, right? I get a lot of companies that generate a lot of leads that they just burn the leads. They can't facilitate the leads. I mean, reaching out and building partnerships with other home service companies, there's some big opportunities there as well. 
there was a um, a guy. His name's Chet Holmes. He wrote a book called The Ultimate Sales Machine. And this carpet guy comes to him and he says, "Hey man, I'm wondering if uh, if you could give me some tips." And he's like, "Yeah, no problem." He's like, "Let me look at your business." So they did a case study on carpets. And by the way, carpeting is supposed to be more healthier for you. It pulls the germs out of the air. But after six months, it starts spreading them. That's a fact. They did a whole big case study on it. So they took the average person of 18 months and got it to three times more, right? Every six months. Mm -hmm. And these ideas, there's three ways to make money. You get more customers, keep your customers coming back more often, or you charge your current customers more money. And I'm a big fan of all three. So I will say I'm getting into the, you know, we're getting heavy in the garage door flooring. We're getting heavy in the garage door storage. And I'm looking at getting in the front doors because if I could increase that sale, the maintenance package, we're at a 19% conversion rate on maintenance agreements. And I know HVAC is way higher. I'm happy about that. We're still trying to get it to 30. But the fact is, I don't give two shits about the reoccurring income, believe it or not. I want to be the guy there when you need a new one. That's when the big money comes in. Right. I'm building a fence around the client. Yeah. The $9 a month that we charge, it's $108 a year. Our goal is not to go in there on service agreements and sell the person. We're there to lubricate it, just tighten everything on the door and hopefully build your... Right. I want you to leave. We've got a new software we're building. It's called checklistassist.com. It's not even live yet. And you can build your own checklist and you can see how much your technician was in the checklist. I've got a garage door tune-up checklist. It's 151 points that once we had finished and service tightened, it text messages that form that we built, it text messages it out of my app to the customer. So they look at it and it shows them everything that failed. It shows them everything. I've got the dates of all the equipment. I've also got animations of what happens if it breaks and other used part when the parts get failed. My buddy did this virtual MD for vehicles. It showed people what happens when your brakes wear out and it's animations. They went out to 5,000 shops. So this big company, the ticket average went up 40% yeah. by having these things. I mean, look, I'm an ideas guy, but well, thank God I have good people around me because I'd be in Cuckooville. Well, yes, I think that's a good point you make, like in home services, right? Like you can show people your solution and the gain, right? But also show them like what the fear of loss could be, like what the diminishing thing would happen if they don't utilize your service, right? I think that's the differentiating factor when it comes to like having hiring a quality company or like when people are calling for price, like that's a good sale point. That's a good tool to use to kind of show the value of what you're providing. Cause me as a, as a general civilian didn't realize there's 151 things that even go on with a garage. Right. Well, one of the things that I'd ask you, if you called me for a price, you said I'm shopping around, I'd say, what size door do you have? You say a double door. I say, do you know if you have 12 gauge or 15 inch radius track? I say, do you happen to know, is your garage door insulated? And if so, is it polystyrene or polyurethane? Do you happen to know, has it been exposed to any weather? Because wood doors will consume some of that wetness. Right. And all I would tell you, sir, is if nobody's asking you these questions and blindly throwing you out a price, right. I'd just be a little skeptical of what they're offering. And secondly, what kind of warranty are you looking for? Because there's a different cycle life on different springs. We've got really good economical springs. And then we've also got our mid-grade, which are the best in the industry. Then we've got our max life springs, which we've trademarked. And there's options. But what I could do is I could get a guy out there. We charge, I think we charge now 30 bucks. We used to charge 20. What we found with the service called Service Tide did a study. They said between 20 and $80, it doesn't matter. What I love about a service call, just a small fee, especially with gas prices, 
is at least you got some type of skin in the game. Some type of commitment. At least you're pulling out your wallet. Yeah. If it's apples to apples, I'll go ahead and match the price. But what is really apples to apples? That's that's hard to right. be known as well. Right. But um, let's just end with a few questions here. I'll get you out of here. I know you have four boys. High-level marketing is a powerhouse in the industry. Can you share a few things that led your company to where it is now, specifically on what role a powerful technology has been to your success? Yeah, so I, mean, I think you kind of did that a little bit with Salesforce, but yeah, I mean, I think the biggest differentiator between us and every other web digital company out there is, you know, we have our own technology stack. So we've really, you know, invested a lot in our infrastructure, which drives the success. And that, you know, we're very transparent as a digital marketing company, which is not normal in this industry. I mean, typically people are going to charge you for impressions and just spend your money on Google search and ads. You know, we're really diving in deep into the weeds with our customers, showing them. You know, here's the lead cost. Here's your dollars. Here's where it's going. Here's what we're generating you. You know, we manage from A to Z. So from the time we we make a sale through delivery to ongoing support, we have a dashboard that we created. A lot of companies can say they have a dashboard, but we've really made it unique and and again transparent, almost to a fault. We share too much, but I feel that as you know, we have an obligation to show the business, where their dollars are going and where the value is coming in from. So that transparency for us creates trust. It allows us to grow with that company and, and guide and shape them to invest more dollars in different areas. So that's really where you know we came from, from where we started in 2009 till today, is just transparency with our customers and ROI. We won't do something just to do something. It's got to provide a result or ROI. So I'm looking at your technology right now. What do you guys do within the uh, the council, the software itself? Is it kind of like capacity planning? What does your technology bring that people should look for? Yeah, so like from the end user perspective, I mean, you're able to go in and see at a glance, number one, what work's actually getting done to your account. So we literally tag and track everything. So in a real nice design page, customer can log in, work with their customer account manager, and actually see who's going into their account and what they're doing. So I think as a digital agency, you often talk to marketing companies like, yeah, we're doing this, we're doing that. Nobody really knows who's doing anything, right? The customer's always like, what am I paying for if I'm not getting results? Show me what you're doing and nobody can show you anything. Like we show you what we're doing. And the dashboard simply shows, you know, how many organic visitors are coming into the website, how many paid, whatever avenues we're driving leads towards. And then what that cost is and then what the net result is. So how many leads actually converted and all that jazz. So, I mean, I think we take a lot of the data out there and really trim it down to what actually matters, right? We can show customers data till they're blue in the face, but we really boil it down into very specific data points that our end users care about, right? What am I spending and what am I getting? I love it. I love it. That's great. If someone wants to get a hold of you, what, what do they do? Uh, high level marketing, H-I-G-H level marketing. That's a great spot. It's our website. Personally, you can find me on LinkedIn. And yeah, happy to answer any kind of questions or help. I love scrappy entrepreneur home services, especially. Like, I just love having conversations and giving ideas. So, yeah, LinkedIn or the website is probably the best way. Is there any books that stood out to you that helped you become successful? There's the E Myth, the Ultimate Sales Machine, the, the Richest Man in Babylon, the, you know, Rich Dad Poor Dad. I right. know a lot of the common ones. Is there anyone that's kind of maybe not so on yeah. the radar? So yeah, the biggest book that made the biggest impact for me is called EOS Traction. Oh yeah, Gino Wickman. Yeah, so Gino Wickman's local to my area, great guy. Like yeah, and Mark Winters. Yeah. yeah, look, I'm a 
community college guy, right? And I, I think it took me five years to get my associate's degree. That's why I love home services because I can have like normal conversations. I didn't go away to a professionally managed school. I didn't, you know, take all these business classes. EOS is a framework for entrepreneurs. So if you're kind of going crazy or don't know why people don't understand you and you're trying to figure out a way and a format, EOS is like the most simple methodology out there. And as soon as I implemented that into my organization, man, that changed my life and we scaled. I was doing about a million dollars a year when I implemented that. You know, we'll do 22 million this year, you know, able to grow employees and really follow that flow in that format. I mean, that's been a differentiator. I mean, I, I can't thank Gino enough for that because that's a book that I actually read. And you can read Rocket Fuel. It'll take you an hour and 15 minutes to read it and you'll get the general concept. And then yeah. if you, you, you can keep going, you know, and really learn about it. So it's been great. I'm a uh, 100% visionary. <laughs> me too. I'm the worst integrator. Like I am a, you know, zero integrator in me. I'm, I'm a wannabe integrator. That's what they call it. You know, th- there's some people that could be both, but even if you test out and you could be both, don't be. Pick one and be really, really good at it. Because if you're implementing all of your ideas, you're not doing it right. If you're trying to implement shitty ideas, because right. there's a combination, but that's a great book. So let me ask you this. What is the multiplier in the marketing company of EBITDA? Do you, right do you happen to know that? I talked to one the other day. He said they're getting seven to 10 times. Eight to 15, honestly. I mean, really? it depends. I mean, I think zero to five million is a lot different than five to 10 million of EBITDA and what that multiplier is. I also think it's really important. Like if you're an agency and it's just a book of business and you don't have any technology, I think technology is a big driver. Technology is what will drive that multiple yeah. of revenue. You can actually yeah. change it to a multiple of revenue. Yeah. Like for us, I mean, we have a technology stack. So our customers are essentially on our platform. If they're an agency, like they can turn around and walk away and hand the keys over to somebody else. You know, we're a little bit different. We're, we're a little bit more rooted in. A little more sticky. Yeah. But our technology, like it's, to me, WordPress is vulnerable. There's some things like our, our software is just different. So yeah, it depends. I mean, who knows? I mean, the market with interest rates inching up, money's kind of, I don't want to say it's drying up, but things are a little bit different than they were six to 12 months ago. That's for damn sure. Just with technology companies. <laughs> I've got some insight and knowledge about a few things with some of these bigger CRMs. And I'll tell you, yeah, a lot of them missed the mark. Last question. We talked about a lot of things. I want to give you a few minutes to maybe talk about something we didn't talk about. Maybe just a good piece of advice for some of the listeners. Yeah, I think we covered a wide range, especially the home services crowd. I mean, trust your gut, but just absorb and talk to as many companies as you can. So reach out to guys like Tommy and like other guys that are in your industry that are killing it that you see online. I mean, it's okay to pick up the phone. You'll be shocked in terms of what people will share with you and what what made them successful. So I think just approach everything with your eyes wide open. If you're going to hire, like I think you brought it up, right? Do you hire internally or do you hire an agency? And I think if you go the route of hiring an agency, just definitely check their references. Again, I think I brought up the point around, you know, show me a similar client that you worked with, like a before and after picture. I think that's so important. Check out the reviews. I mean, really do the due diligence because this company you hire they're going to be an extension and they're, they're going to run your digital marketing and your website that can either be a huge driver of growth and business, or it could be a detriment to your company. You know, we kind of joke at our company and say like, we're the best second or third wife because everybody's already been through it till they find us. Yeah. You know, they stick. But you know, again, you have to kind of go out there and ask questions and get verification. And yeah, I mean, I, I think if it's, Hey, I got that. The website's great. Like pay attention to Google reviews and just figure out what you can do to get more Google reviews because I don't care what comes through the pipeline, if it's freaking TikTok or some version of something new, like reviews are everything in my opinion. 
What do you mean TikTok? You know, I mean, I think just, you know, fast forward five years, right? When TikTok goes away and it's something else or whatever comes up through the pipeline and whatever kids are using, Google reviews are still going to stand the test of time. Like it's kind of a dinosaur, I feel. So I, I think it's something that, look, and you can start today. Like if you're like, hey, it's a lot of work or I haven't done it. Like you can start today and make a goal of getting a couple a week and they'll, you know, you, you do one a week, that's 52 in 12 months. I mean, that's huge. One thing I will say is on LSA, they listen to your speed of answering the phone. They look yeah. at what the words you say. If you say A1 garage or service, Google's AI is paying attention to these things. They're seeing if you booked the call or not. And the biggest thing is those are verified. Google can verify those are real. And those reviews are going to start really mattering. Those, yeah. those local service ads, those Google guarantee reviews. But overall, any review is a good review. On any like next door still matters. Yeah, oh, for sure. So, Wesley, I appreciate your time today. I took a lot from this, and uh, I got a list of things I'm going to do just from this. I mean, I always walk away with a lot of notes, but this is amazing. So Cool, man. Well, thanks, Tommy. I appreciate it. Hey, guys. I just wanted to thank you real quick for listening to the podcast. From the bottom of my heart, it means a lot to me, and I hope you're getting as much as I am out of this podcast. Our goal is to enrich your lives and enrich your businesses and your internal customers, which is your staff. And if you get a chance, please, please, please subscribe. You're gonna find out all the new podcasts. You're gonna be able to ask me questions to ask the next guest coming on. And, and do me a quick favor, leave a quick review. It really helps us out when you like the podcast and you leave a review, make it four or five sentences, tell us how we're doing. And I just wanted to mention real quick, we started a membership. It's homeservicemillionaire.com forward slash club. You get a ton of inside look at what we're going to do to become a billion dollar company. And uh, we're just, we're, we're, we're telling everybody our secrets basically. And people say, why do you give your secrets away all the time? And I'm like, you know, the hardest part about giving away my secrets is actually trying to get people to do them. So we also create a lot of accountability within this program. So check it out. It's homeservicemillionaire.com forward slash club. It's cheap. It's a monthly payment. I'm not making any money on it, to be completely frank with you guys, but I think it will enrich your lives even further. So thank you once again for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it.